Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi Leon. Hi Andrea. So, yeah. uh, with a sound mm-hmm. and a movement, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? <laughs> I like that, it's so cool. I, I tried not to preempt it. Yeah, you Even in the moment like, before. That's quite hard to do, it's actually. It's really hard. Yeah, because I'm already thinking about mine now. Oh, gosh. No. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Oh, and usually yeah. you're the first one to do it because I ask you. Yeah. But, but I, thought it up. I thought we'd change. I like it. Meaning I just started speaking first. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that just meant. Andrea? Yes. In a sound and a movement, mm-hmm. tell me how you're feeling for this episode. God, did you like a kind of a like a combustion sort of thing? I was challenging. I'm um, challenging. challenging. <laughs> uh, you are challenging. I'm <laughs> I am challenging. I challenge quite often. <laughs> um, I was channeling my inner like Naruto or like. Um, in a what? Naruto. You don't know Naruto. Naruto. Yeah, it's like an anime, like a cartoon. Uh, anime. anime. Or like, um, who's or like? I feel like ah, oh, no, Mortal Kombat is the, they used to do um the video game. Oh, anyway, video other game. people know it. Other people are like, yeah, we know that Place reference, and I'm like, and, and that's what that would happen. I only know this because my cousin used to play it a lot. Wait, that's Street Fighter. Lies and it's Street Fighter. A Dugan is, is Street Fighter. A Dugan. Yeah, he's yeah. going. Oh, yeah. A Dugan. <laughs> and his little leg would like go. Yeah, like, and it was just like. Like when yeah. you scratch a dog, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> this so great. This is great. Carry on. <laughs> anyway, um, so we, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the quality of your listening, Andrea. Oh wow, that seems well, really personal. Yours. That seems so personal. <laughs> you know what? My sister's out there listening and being like, yes. Andrea's a terrible listener. She needs to listen better. <laughs> she does, yeah. Well, because in the last episode we were talking about the quality of listening and how people are listening differently, or mm-hmm. more so that they're not really listening, they're listening so they can interrupt. Or are they even listening at all? Yeah. And so people aren't speaking in a way where they're able to complete their sentences, as I was saying in the last episode. Yeah. But it's more about, well, if we think about it as a sort of, relationship between speaker and listener yeah what if the speaker's not completing what they're saying yeah then the listener's not listening to anything okay 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 oh my gosh my mind so (laughs) what now um i just thought about this because we wrote it on the list um the burden of communication Uh, do you remember i mentioned that we did and just like light flashes light flashes you know flashes yeah you know stuff so and the reason this, um, so for all those who don't know, um, the burden of communication is, is um, talks about whose responsibility it is in a conversation um, to make sure that things are being communicated, right? So we have an A and a B, right? Let's say A is the speaker, B is the listener, okay. right? And some cultures, right, it's all on A to make sure that B gets all the information. So it's all about the speaker giving all the information to B, and if B doesn't understand something, um, then it was A's fault because they didn't they didn't make it clear, right? In other circumstances, it is the listener's responsibility to get all the information from the speaker, right? So it's the listener's job to go, wait, clarify that for me for a minute because I, I'm not quite sure about that. Um, or just to be quite actively listening mm. and then having to piece together information because how dare you ask somebody 
what they <laughs> to, to repeat what they were saying already. That's really interesting. Every time we talk about this, mm-hmm. it puts me in mind of the education system. Yes. Yes. Because and there's that like little um, cartoon that that goes around quite often of the of the sort of onus of responsibility yeah as well yeah um, as to whether the student is responsible or the teacher is responsible for the for the outcomes of the student's education right and that historically it was the job of the student to glean the information from the teacher right and that you had to actively participate in the in your learning. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a more modern or contemporary educational context, mm. the onus is on the teacher to make sure that the student understands what they've said and is also able to put that into practice. Yeah. So if the student is failing, it's your fault as a teacher. Yeah. Rather than the student having any responsibility for their own learning. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really interesting because it's not just about... It's it's that it seems to have changed throughout our culture, at least the Western culture, mm-hmm. that you have to. It's somebody else's fault if you don't get it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I should get everything. Yeah. And if you've not said it right, then you're an idiot. Yeah. And you're a bad person, or like a bad teacher, or a bad speaker, or whatever. Yeah. Rather than the onus being on the listener. Yeah. That's quite interesting because when I taught in Korea, the exact opposite would happen. So I would have um, students come to me and be like, I don't get this. It's clearly my fault. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's happening. Tell me how this should be, right? Wow. Um, whereas, I, I, like, a lot of times when I step into a classroom here in the UK um, and a student doesn't get something, and it's normally not within voice it's normally within like an acting class or a movement class mm. or something and it just comes up because i asked them about their week because i'm nice like that um <laughs> and um and they're like well i don't get this and it's and it's always because i don't get this i don't think they explained it well or i don't get this this person um clearly doesn't know how to relate do you know what i mean like yeah. that's always a thing that or, happens or beyond that they didn't explain it well because they don't like me Oh my god, I get that so much. So and so really hates me, and they just—they're just. I think they take out all their frustration on me. I've gotten that. Or they don't like our class, right? Like they just don't like this year group. And then you've got kids coming. It's like, yeah, no, no. I heard them say that. And you're like, what? And then you feel like you're in a courtroom. You're like, it's all he said, she said, and the fact is, no one's listening. Yeah. Stop doing that. Yeah. Listen. I was once. uh, uh, Jane Boston. We were in uh, lovely Jane that. Boston. Yes. Who is head of MA Voice Studies yes. or MFA Voice Studies, both, and also head of International Centre for Voice ICV at yes. Central School of Speech and Drama. Yes. Carry on, just to put her into context. Um, yes, uh, and both and, and taught both of us at our sure. time there. Yeah. Uh, we were in a meeting for our MFA in terms of uh, it was a teaching that teaching presentation yeah. that we had to do in that second year, and she was saying that a colleague of hers was teaching her students how to listen in their voice classes. That she was putting um, blindfolds on them because she found that um, they weren't listening, and they weren't listening to what was happening either in the dialogue um, and being prompted, allowing the dialogue to do and the and the work of the words to do their job mm. and just kind of 
looking at somebody and doing and doing it all visually because that's what they're used to is mm. to reading something visually and not to stop and listen to the words and how they're doing it and so even when they were doing stuff on um like dissecting their own language and dissecting their own accent and things like that they couldn't do it because they didn't know how they didn't know how to listen not, and, and that's both they didn't know how to listen to themselves and they didn't know how to listen to other people so I was like that's, that's just what I want to say that's mind-boggling and at the same time completely understandable yeah because it is a skill listening is a skill Mm. i was talking about this earlier today Mm. i was working with some with a group earlier today and i was talking about um harmonics and overtones Mm. yeah um and i was demonstrating overtone singing and i was using a spectrogram to do so (laughs) Because it's really good. Um, that's, that's hashtag nerd. <laughs> hashtag super voice nerd. Um, so I was, and well, they're, they're speech and language therapists. Two of them are speech and language therapists, and one of them is a voice pathologist. Oh, okay. So, so it's that's like, fine. Mm. Um, anyway, so we were, and they asked, so I demonstrated. And we were talking about it, and I said that I demonstrated it somewhere else, and 80% of the class had heard it, mm. could, could hear the overtones and the harmonics, and mm. 20% of the class just couldn't. Hmm. And it took three attempts over the course of several weeks to for them to even start to be able to hear that thing. Oh my goodness. They couldn't hear the harmonics. They were just like, you're just singing one note. I was like, I'm not singing one note. I'm, well, I am singing one note. I'm producing <laughs> one fundamental, but I'm messing with the harmonics. You have to listen higher. Mm-hmm. You have to listen above it. And mm-hmm. he, there were several people, one particular person, just couldn't hear it. He wouldn't, his brain wouldn't, process his ear was hearing it mm-hmm. we know that because yeah. the sound was in the space yeah but then he wasn't his brain was not isolating that in the sound that he was listening to right um and i was saying that that was very similar within the context of voice for me for for quite some time um during my training over the years that there were certain things that i just couldn't hear mm-hmm. or that i wasn't wasn't focused on sufficiently mm-hmm. to be able to really isolate from everything else yeah so if somebody was dropping a t or dropping a d at the end of a word which is not the worst thing in the world but mm-hmm. i would be i wouldn't necessarily notice that i'd notice something else right but i wouldn't notice that thing and so over the years i've acquired the ability to be able to pinpoint certain things but it's taken a while for my brain to be able to catch up and really, really, actually hear those things. Yeah. Because it wasn't able to. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with, like, it really is a skill. Yeah. And it's a skill that needs to be practiced. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think, too, so, I mean, we could say the same thing about accents, right? People listen. And listening tends to be such a personal thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm. um I think we've all had that situation where you go into something and you're having a conversation with somebody and um, and then you turn to the person next to you and you go, oh my gosh, do you hear so-and-so just say this? And they're like, oh, well, I just heard her say this and like, wasn't that clearly more important than whatever it was that you like mm. thought it was? Um, and I think... The, I, I think the idea as, as, as voice coaches is that we listen to... Um, is, is that we don't just listen from a personal place. You know what I mean? So we don't just listen from a place of, yes, I hear this. Um, mm. But we, we listen from a place of, I hear this, but somebody else 
might, might hear something hear else. This. And so I have to I have to be on alert of maybe it is a dropping of a T or a D that and like in my world is that a big deal? No. But in person in row twenty five, is that a big deal? Yes. That that could be a very big deal. It could be uh, a phonemic difference, you know, and and changing a word. And it could be the thing that pulls them out of the belief of being with you on the yeah on, the, on this story that you're telling or yeah. this character that you're portraying. It could be it could they could just feel that it's um oh, don't really want to say it, but inauthentic. It could oh. be oh, you know sorry, oh. but it could yes. be it could just be it could they could just feel that it doesn't. It it's distracting. Fit. It's and distracting. It's, distracting. It's, it's one of those things that you think about. You know, we've all seen those, those shows where, where it's just that one thing. Um, I was talking to somebody, and, and um, it, I, don't, I don't know who it was, um, but they were talking <laughs> about how they had seen a production and somebody had dropped a pen, like, downstate, like, right, right in front of them, and everyone was just carrying on as if the scene mm. was, you know, everything was, was fine, except all he could do is, like, when is this pen? When is the pen? Someone has to, the pen is still there. I can't hear anything else because I'm looking at the pen, and that's what it's like, you know. In the same way with voice, and you're you're just like, oh wait, mm, that thing, that thing. A lot of times when I go to a show, like particularly in musicals in the West End, and it's mm. supposed they're supposed to have American accents, <laughs> it's one vowel, and I'm like, oh I'm God, it's ruined. <laughs> it's ruined. The whole the whole image is ruined, and then yeah. I have to I have to sit there and go. Um, Okay, well, this is this is a good element. You have to put yourself back into it, which lots of people don't bother with. Yeah, lots of people just tune out and go, "Ugh, it's terrible." Yeah, which is sad. Which is sad, sad. It also brings us back, kind of full circle again, to the to the notion of listening mm-hmm. and also the engagement with it. I think as well. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting as as you were talking. I was listening, <laughs> and I was listening I to think. the use of listen yeah versus hear yes and seeing as our podcast is called can you hear me at the back <laughs> not yeah. can you listen to me at the <laughs> um there is a difference between hearing and listening mm-hmm. and there is a difference between whether you listen to somebody and whether you hear what they're saying yeah and whether or not you <laughs> conversely hear what somebody is saying but don't really listen. Yeah. And for anybody who's not a first English language speaker, mm-hmm. you might have to rewind that section mm-hmm. just there, just to listen to it a few more times. <laughs> yeah. Because to us, yeah. that's really clear. And the, yeah. the distinctions are really crystal. They're right. really, really, you wouldn't confuse those necessarily. But actually... That could, that the, the the sort of semantic choice between what is listening and what is hearing yeah. is quite interesting. And it's one of those things that actors are often told, and not just actors, but people are often told, well, I, I can see that you're listening, yeah. but did you hear what I said? Yeah. I And, and that's, an, I, that's such an interesting thing. I'm so tired of the word interesting. I'm going to find a different word. Um, <laughs> fascinating. This is a fascinating thing because I've been told that. I've been told, um, I, I, I've been told that you, you, you're listening, but you're not hearing. And for me, listening and hearing, are they are quite different. Mm-hmm. For me, listening is about comprehension and perception that I'm taking in the information. And hearing is something a lot of times for me that is quite just like, it's the physical sound, right? It's the, and I heard that. 
Now, the listening for me is, that's a snap, right? And those are, you, you, mm. you see, I'm putting different information into it. Um, and I think in terms of, I think my, I oftentimes have to tell my students this too, where it's like, are you hearing a sound? Or are you, that's a snap and that means something. Which is so interesting because mm -hmm. in the context of a conversation, mm -hmm. I would say that sometimes people listen to me, listen to us, mm -hmm. um, and yet they the hearing is the comprehension. Because that yeah. people could be listening to this podcast yeah. and be listening to everything that we're saying because yeah. they are, but they're doing washing up or they're walking down the street and they're, well, you know, whatever, they're doing other things. Yeah. And so are they really hearing what we're saying? Yeah. They really, I mean, they are the act of hearing. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting that you could literally switch it in both directions oh and it would mean the same thing. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's also quite an interesting thing because I just thought, fascinating thing, because I, <laughs> I just thought um, in a conversation, when you're conversing with somebody, and we, like, we talked about the burden of communication and, and that kind of thing, there are different ways to signal that you are listening, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> thank you, thank sure. you, thank you, Leon. Um, Non-lexical key. <laughs> <Fine. laughs> um, and... And depending on what culture you're from, we like them. Uh, and then depending on other things, you don't like them, right? Yeah. Or you find them a little bit rude or a little bit, or whatever that means. And there's, um, But all of that has to do with this idea of, are you being a witness to the things that I'm saying, right? Mm. And not only are you being a witness to them, are you going to, are you going to do something about it? That's really interesting. Cool. Interesting, fascinating, fabulous, gorgeous. <laughs> um, I had coffee with a friend of mine the other day and she went and did a workshop with a very famous voice practitioner. Mm. And as this voice practitioner was speaking to her, mm -hmm. she did some little, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Your friend did? My friend did. Okay. And the voice person just, look, stop. Don't You don't have to tell me that you're listening. I know that you're listening. I will also know if you heard me by whether or not the thing that you do changes. Yeah. So for her, it was very much about the comprehension. Like you, if you've heard me, yeah, you will be able to action what I've said and yeah. be able to embody that in the work that you then deliver. Yeah. And if you're not listening, then you're rude. Right. Kind of thing. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. like, either you're listening to me and you are, and I can see that you are. Yeah. So I know that you're going to hear me. Yeah. And then, but her sort of notion of hearing something mm -hmm. was linked to the comprehension of it. Right. And therefore, if you weren't hearing what she was saying, because you were definitely listening, but did you understand? Right. Then she would have to reframe the, the point that she was making. Yeah. Again, what's the burden of communication? It was the burden of communication was on the voice teacher, but it right. wasn't on my but friend. But it wasn't on the listener. And so, but the, but the, so it was different to the burden of communication, but what she wanted was attention. Yes. So as long as you were paying attention, you were definitely listening. So that it wasn't rude any longer. Yeah. However, if you didn't understand, then she would have to reframe the question. Right. Or reframe the, the, the act, action or activity. Right. So that it was more easily understood. Yeah. And therefore, 
heard in a different way. Right. But listened to in the same way. Oh my gosh! It's brilliant, That's right? That's so cool. And we sat there having coffee for like 20 minutes talking about it, <laughs> going, heard, listen, listen, heard. Listen, heard. And it's, I the I find it really interesting that, um I because I, I talked to you about this, because um, <laughs> I only talked to Leon. <laughs> Are you allowed um, to talk to anyone else? No. no. It's a requirement of your visa that you only talk to me. Does <laughs> <laughs> it right there and fine print at the bottom? Yeah. Um, but I find it really <laughs> fascinating. We were talking about: um, is there any way to signal in a classroom if there is if a student has comprehended or understood something that you said without having to ask them, "Do you understand?" Right? Yeah. Um, because what that then does is, and because one. Is it because there are a multitude of ways to understand something, right? You can understand something in very, very different ways. You can understand it in your body. You can understand it intellectually. You can understand it when it's shown, to, like, when you see it in someone else, but not in yourself. So, that, like, that's a whole thing. But, um, two, it, it kind of brings up this idea, um, because we've already set up in a classroom I'm a teacher, you're a student, and because a lot of students are coming into a classroom with this idea of the teacher tells me what to do, the teacher shows me what to do, I as a student receive, um, that when you then ask a student, they'll put it back on you, right? They'll go, do you understand? Yes. Because... Because they want to please you. Yeah, because they because they want, they want you know, they want this the whole class to keep going. They want everything to, to continue, and they don't want to be the one to be like, no, I don't understand... Hey, me, me a student, I'm calling attention to myself, help me, right? And I yeah. think a lot of times that's a big thing, especially in a voice class, because... And I think there's a real difference between a high school education, um, or secondary education, as we call it here, um, I and... you translated for me, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and tertiary education, so, like, so looking at... Uh, undergraduate or postgraduate education, but more predominantly undergraduate. Yeah. More in, more sort of immediately undergraduate. Insofar as there is a big leap mm-hmm. between doing your A level or B tech or you know finals or whatever hires if you're in Scotland, that you are doing all these things and you are being ostensibly spoon fed the things that you need yeah. in order to be able to regurgitate them sufficiently yeah and pass an exam yeah and then you come to university setting or a higher educational setting not only are you arguably or perhaps living away from home you know all those other sort of social and cultural things that are going on and all those sort of things but also you are required to learn in a different way Mm -hmm. and a lot of people's induction weeks and welcome weeks and freshers weeks and whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they are often about learning mm-hmm. and saying this is a different context for learning and you need to change the way that you engage with it, which I always find really interesting. Um, and I remember having to shift the way that I was engaging with things because I wasn't just being thrown the information and then having to sort of digest it. Mm -hmm. And instead, when there was something that I needed to ask, because I don't get it, Mm -hmm. I would quite freely go, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand. Or it would would make me laugh. Because it was just like, this is ridiculous. What on earth are we talking about here? Yeah. And then they'd be like, why are you laughing? (laughs) 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 I'm laughing. And I was like, well, because I don't get it. Yeah. It seems weird or or unusual or just, I don't 
I can't hang on anything. I don't understand enough at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then they'd explain it in a different way. Like, oh, penny dropped. Epiphany. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. Write it down. Brilliant. Yeah. And I wonder if that's quite a difference. I, because I know personally my high school encouraged questions and encouraged that kind of thing. Especially mm. as we got later, like in later in high school, um, going into university, that that was a thing. Um, but it was quite interesting that I didn't ask questions in things like math because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like math. Um, math is wonderful. You should all love math. But <laughs> I, was, I was not a big fan of math. No. But I did ask questions in things I ended up majoring in. So it was English and linguistics and drama and all those things. I was quite active in my education and in my learning in those subjects. And then when I got into university, I felt more prepared to do mm. it. Um, but I think there's also an element of the teacher saying that the owner, the own, what is that? The ownership of your education is not on me. I do provide tools. I provide exercises. I provide tools. I provide examples and I link things for you. But it is not my responsibility to make sure that you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't know something, yeah. it is your job to say, I don't get it. I use that. Um, the phrase you can lead a, ho- lead a horse to water, water but you can't make them drink yeah so frequently um, and <laughs> having worked with horses as I have mm. I know that to be true <laughs> um, it's, very, it's a great truism of life <laughs> but also it's the same sort of thing about learning lines yeah or doing something technical or learning to do something that is that, that is something that is that contributes to what you might be doing later on mm-hmm. like I don't know being in a ballet class and doing a demi-plié. That's going to contribute to something you might do later on. Yeah. And also learning about, I don't know, an onset or an offset or mm. a type of consonant or whatever it might be. And specifically with learning lines, um, people say to oh, but there's loads to learn or this or there's some excuse. Yeah. And and I often say, yeah, but, uh, you know, if it were me learning the lines, I'd have to learn the lines. I can't yeah. learn them for you. Yeah. If I could learn them for you, yeah. then why would you get paid for it? I'd be getting paid for it, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. So it's so the responsibility is often um, kind of given up. Yeah. It's flouted. Woo! I know you like the word flout. Oh, I love a flout. I was wondering whether or not that would work. And my um, but it would be really interesting to hear from anybody if there is anybody listening. Yeah. Um, at all. Let's be honest. <laughs> if you listen, um, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for paying attention. Um, whether or not you heard us or not. Um, but it, but to know if there's any research that we could be pointed at and mm. we would happily share with um, all the podcast listeners about if there is anything to do with um, uh, questions and those sorts of things about engagement with certain subjects at school. Yeah. Because I yeah. know that I asked questions in the subjects I was interested in. Yeah. And then the subjects I wasn't, I was like, oh, so bored looking out the window. Yeah. So I wouldn't bother. Yeah. And then people would say, oh, it's because you're really good at whatever, whatever, whatever. And yeah. it's like, well, is it because I'm really good at it? Or is it because I was just interested? Yeah. Because you can force yourself to be good at something by being interested. True. And then practice it diligently. That's a lot of my story. Right? <laughs> that was just really interesting. I was like, I'm going to be the best at this because I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that sort of tenacity is really important. Mm-hmm. And that you stick with something to the end of a sentence. 
and then beyond the end of a sentence to the end of the paragraph. This has got real deep, real quick. And the page, <laughs> and then the chapter, and then read that whole section again and keep going. Yeah. And so it's not just about the bite-sized, disposable, like it on Instagram, you know, square photo of something, which is all fine and fair enough. And that's yeah. not to diminish what people are doing necessarily, but it has, things are being distilled mm-hmm. and actually sometimes you do need to expand things out yeah and allow things to take time and really listen and really hear and really know i mean what's knowing oh knowledge Mm. is power see if you've still got stuff about knowledge is power send it to us we'd love to hear from you Mm. um totally went enough strange direction there but hearing listening yeah. What's the register of your listening? What? Yeah, I think that's just an interesting thing because depending on what, because um, uh, code switching, but um, oh, oh uh, yeah, little preview, a little preview. We'll do. We'll talk about that. Um, but depending on what register I'm speaking in, um, or what accent I'm speaking in, I do listen differently because, um, you know, if I'm at home, if I'm talking with my sister, we share uh, an accent, an understanding, a language, in which. I know when I can interrupt her and it's okay. And I know what to say where that's okay. But I know that if I'm on a different register, so like we're, we're friends, we're colleagues. Um, But if we were in say a setting, a conference setting, we were sitting around a table, I wouldn't interrupt you because I would consider that to be rude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and those are very, very, and those are very, very different things. And sometimes I think, it's quite hard to navigate um, if you haven't been taught it, especially if you haven't been taught it explicitly, to know, wait, when it, when is it okay to come in and say what I think and interrupt somebody, and when is it inappropriate? And when, um, I think a lot of times, there, there's been this big thing on um, African-American English uh, and it being associated with... Um, uh, ignorance and all these terrible kind of things mm-hmm. and rudeness tends to be the big yeah. one that comes up there but it's because I think a lot of times of this idea of the registers of listening right and a lot of AAE it's okay for me to interrupt you because I've, I've gotten what you're I'm not going to interrupt you just to interrupt you right but it's to make it's to make the point it's to, it's to continue the conversation in mm. this point whereas if you go to more standard um, kinds of ways of looking at English right it is completely rude to just to to just come in while somebody else is speaking, right? And if you haven't been around, if you haven't been exposed to different dialects and different accents and different ways that language work and different registers in that sense, then you would never know that. Mm. You would never know. So you would never know, I guess, how... I, you would never know to pause and go, wait, let me listen to the full thing because if I come in now, it'd be, it would be construed or perceived as being rude. And then, and then a step further... Um, perceived as me not listening or me not hearing. Yeah. And that's something that is fascinating. 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 The things that came up then when you were talking mm-hmm. was about pausing. Mm. And can you pause in conversation without somebody interrupting you? And I'm not sure that you can. I think you can. I think you can. You know what it takes? a presence and a power that is almost um that is 
that 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 requires that. And I will give you an example. Okay. My grandfather um, was the slowest speaker in the entire world, and so he was one of those speakers uh-huh. that you're like. I don't know if he's done or is he dead. Like I'm not quite sure what's happening. Um, and 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 what he would do is he would hold he would hold it like he would hold the moment, um, and he would talk so slow that it would it would be like, hello. I and you're just and you're sitting yeah and you're wondering wow. and you're like and so there isn't a way for you to come in and be like now nah, this man isn't done like you know what I mean there's no mm. way to come in and interrupt but I think you kind of have to have that he was you know he was old school so he he grew up with that kind of thing where you don't really interrupt people you right? wait until someone's finished yeah what they have to say and especially if they're older than you there's a whole thing mm. in my culture, background, whatever, about, you know, respecting your older. You do not um, interrupt an elder when they speak. That is just like, no. But some people don't have that. That's very true. You don't have that culturally. Yeah. And I think that's a shift as well, Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. So the first thing was pausing. Yeah. And the second thing is about comedy and quips really mm-hmm. in um in in conversation mm-hmm. that i often find that that depending on the group mm-hmm. that i'm in sometimes i will try and say something funny but they people don't let you they let you get sort of two-thirds of the way through the setup and then they don't let you get to the punchline yeah so you have to change the quip relative to the speed of the conversation mm-hmm. um and sometimes you just have to like get in with some, so then it just becomes like banter, which is really, I think is dreadful. But like, it's one of those <laughs> things where it's just kind of, you end up just going, yeah, that's what she said. Or that sort of thing. Uh... Because you don't end up having, you, you can't actually get beyond the sort of puerile and nonsensical. Yeah. Um, and then also I have some friends who don't, um, who don't, allow the conventions of conversation to take place yeah Mm -hmm. so when they're talking they start talking and it feels like the thing that they say is the most important thing that anybody's ever said yeah and they have to make 15 points Mm -hmm. before anybody else speaks and if anybody else tries to speak they just talk over them Mm -hmm. and i have several friends who do that and i feel like it's really annoying. Why are you monologuing at me? Mm-hmm. And I'm quite a good monologuer. Yeah. Let's not be uh, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush with that one. <laughs> but nonetheless, when somebody interrupts me, often I will stop. I will usually take the back seat and go, okay, you, you, yeah. You, yeah. If you've understood what I've said already, then fine. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I have one particular friend uh, she, um, she, she will get two thirds of the way through a conversation and then you'll go, yeah, I totally agree with you. And you'll like agree with her and you'll try and steer the conversation in the direction and then she'll go, but I haven't finished about what I was saying just now, which was, and then you're <laughs> like, oh, we have to follow exactly what you said yeah. for the whole conversation. So there's no, yeah, there's no freedom in the conversation sometimes, not always, yeah. but sometimes. And it's kind of, yeah. I do, I'm guilty of that when I'm really excited about something. 
Only because I want you to see how I got there. I want you to see, <laughs> I want you to see my, my thought process because I thought you two would appreciate it. Oh, yeah. But, that, then... that, but it depends. It's like some people do it all the time. And some yeah. people just do it in certain situations. And you go, okay, I'll just let you sort of yeah. burn yourself out. And then it's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important that people feel that they are listened to. Yeah. I often find myself in situations where especially social situations where there are certain people who um, have no interest in listening to anybody else at all. Not just me, but like people around the table or in the the social situation, they have no interest in listening to anybody else. So I find that really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I often sort of extricate myself from that situation. Just like, okay, I'm going to go now. Bye. And don't bother. So if I'm ever in a social situation with you guys... (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave now, bye, bye. sure. That's yeah, what that okay. is. That's because money was really boring. <laughs> I'm uh, just monologuing. But also, you had this wonderful point mm-hmm. about... So this was originally um, when, we did our, when we did our episode on um, registers and style, right? Um, mm. And we, I, there is this thing um, that I felt like was happening um, in ter- because there's this big conversation about RP, Right? Yeah. Um, are we teaching it? Should we teach it? Do we not? Imperialism, uncomfortability, social understanding, all that stuff is wrapped up into RP and many more. Um, and much more. Uh, and the immediate thing that I thought of is that it's not necessarily about, um, because this all has to do with code switching too, which we'll talk about. Um, but it, it's not that I don't think that people want to change the way that they speak. Um, I think people kind of understand that there are certain registers that we speak in one instance and certain registers that we speak in a different instance. And I think people navigate that pretty well, and especially in the UK, Mm. uh, just because you have so many different accents and they all mean so many different things. Um, But I think what I encounter with my students a lot more is um, this, why should I change the way that I speak to make other people feel comfortable? Why are they uncomfortable with the way that I speak? and I find that, and, and that applies to listening as well. Why are they uncomfortable with the way that I listen or the way that I hear, the way that I interact with you? Mm. Um, and it's because I'm not trying to be rude oftentimes is, is what I'm, I'm seeing or I'm hearing. So it's not that people are intentionally trying to be rude. It's that I have this kind of way of speaking and this kind of way of communicating and you don't like it or something about it makes you uncomfortable. And so that then you ask me to change it, which obviously makes me uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And I think this conversation is happening in drama schools, right, where you see a lot of people coming in and having feeling like their accent is being changed or their speech is being changed or... Um, and their identity is being stripped away and changed. And, and challenged, right? Yeah, challenged. And right. I don't think it's necessarily that... I don't think that's what the goal is. I don't... I mean, hopefully... Like, <laughs> who knows? Not there, anymore. There's some I, evil. Hope, no. Yes, there, there's there that has happened in the past, but I, I mm. think as a society that we've gotten to a point where we accept people for what they are and what they bring. We find those things enriching and beautiful. Um, but I think the question that students are asking is why can't I do it the way that I know it in my life? Mm. Right? And that comes back to the naturalism. Why can't I do it the way that feels familiar and natural to me? Mm. 
Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> Find a friend. Yeah, why can't I listen how I want to listen? Yeah. Why can't I speak how I want to speak? Yeah. And um, especially when it's um, applied to um, to repertoire, you know, or, 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 or to different scripts or, th- or things that we're doing. Why can't I speak the way that I want to speak in terms of Shakespeare? Why, why is this? They, I think that's what they're feeling. Mm. Um, and not just in Shakespeare. I mean, obviously it happens in other things that we do, but that's the one that I get a lot of pushback on. Yeah, Shakespeare. <laughs> that's the one they're like, eh, oh, it's I bad. have to translate it. <gasps> that makes me rage. Mm. When people say I have to translate it. Yeah. And I, my phrase often is, <clears throat> well, excuse me. <laughs> I mean, this is more English than you'll ever know. Ooh. It's more English than I know. Yeah. So I still have to look things up. I look things up constantly. And it's like, well, hold on. This is not a translation because this is English. Mm. So you're not translating it. Mm-hmm. You might transliterate it. Ooh, fancy words. So you could rewrite it in colloquial form. Mm-hmm. Sure. But like, that's not translating it. Mm. Yeah, because it's not it's a different not, language. Yeah, it's not Lorca or, yeah. you know, like you're tran- literally translating it from language to language. Yeah. What you're doing is you're adjusting the vocabulary and often the syntax mm-hmm. to make it mean more to you. Yeah, to make it familiar. Familiar. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at Can You Hear Pod, or on Instagram at Can You Hear Me Podcast, or you can search for us on Facebook and on YouTube, or email us at Can You Hear Me at the Back at gmail.com. You can find me, Leon, on Twitter at Leon Trayman. Or me, Andrea, at Andrea Fudge on Twitter. Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site. The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff. Discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!